0: Today, so it's Six Pack Lapidat, and it's, if anyone's been listening to the show from the get fucking go, we started off YouTube, and um, we did like, how many episodes did we do in a row, Randy? I'm going to say probably about 30 we did. At least. Yeah, about 30 episodes in Randy's basement, all the big names, and um, it was me and you every single one. We had the fucking Halloween special where we dressed up and uh, we did a sort of weird video. We didn't have any kind of audio podcasting. And then, um, uh, so today is a special one because we got the original co-host back from uh, hiatus. What's the last time, what what was the last episode you've done? Fuck, I can't even remember who we
1: did last. But I, I, I'll say this. It's been a hot minute. I, I'll, I'll say this. I hope people appreciate me being back on here because I'm a fat fuck and this is some fucking hot in this room today.
0: <laughs> like we're interrogating you. How much weight did you get? Yeah, what true. did you mean? What do you mean? What, what, what are I, you doing?
1: My coach got me on the sweatshop routine right <laughs> that's now. That's right.
0: But, well, we got sweat some pounds off. No, it's been a bit to say the least. Um, some people have been asking. And uh, yeah, man, uh, it's just work schedule, right? Work, life. gets annoyed?
1: I. It's a, it's, it's, it's 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 excuses sometimes I guess and then other times just tired man. Just well, Need a break once in a while.
0: You work like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, how's training going, anyways? Uh,
1: it's beginning again.
0: It's beginning all over. I'd love to course. say it's
1: a comeback, but I never fucking made it, so it's just
0: a beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a T-shirt. You. That's a fucking T-shirt. That you got it. That, I want to play. Uh, I like to say it's a comeback, but I never made it to the begin There's
1: nothing that pisses me off in social media more than you see the injuries, you see the stuff, and it's like it's a comeback, and it's all I want to say is come back from fucking what? Yeah. Like if if you if you weren't in the top 3 of something. You ain't fucking coming back. You're yeah, just
0: You just making it. Yeah, yeah. You like? I mean, you. I mean, you could say like fucking come back from each individual journey. I know what you mean. Where when you announce it, if you're trying to make it sound biblical. And you're trying to make it sound impactful for people, when you got and people are like, I didn't know how far you made it the first time. Well,
1: fucking name a power lifter that ain't been hurt. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, You've been in this true. game long enough. You got some fucking yeah. injuries: back, shoulders, yeah. fucking quads. Things, everybody. like everybody's like everybody. Everybody at some
0: point. And people get it. It kills me when people get pissed off when someone says, you know, I got an injury and blah blah blah. I'd be like, fuck excuses and negativity. But it's not just like it's honesty though, because some people actually, when you first start, don't know. Like, hey, you're not all going to be sunshine rainbows, PR, 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 PR. No, you're going to hit a pack where shit falls off, injuries, sh- crazy weight well, cuts. So especially
1: depending on how you get into this game, right? Like, I mean, if you have a really athletic background, weight training, you've got into the three lifts or at least one or two of them over your lifetime. Like, when you start powerlifting, you have a general idea. But if you come from nothing and then get into this, your weights are light, you're starting off, shit's moving fast. But once mm-hmm. once you start getting into a heavier bracket... If you're not, you know, doing some sort of rehabilitation, not doing something to train yeah. your body, you're going to get fucking hurt. It's yeah. just a matter of time. It is. yeah. And especially I, an old ass like me. You know what I mean? So, like I, I didn't start this shit when I was fucking 18 years old. I started this shit when I was fucking in my late 30s. So.
0: Yeah. What, what? The probably the. Note, In terms of excuses aside, probably the worst. If I don't know, the worst <laughs> I've ever seen somebody take it is Easterns. The eastern region, so for those listening, and I know a lot of our listeners um, are like in U.S. and uh, in Europe. So in Canada, we have provincials, we have regionals, like so we have local meets, then provincials, then we have regionals, which is um, half of Canada does one side, half of Canada does the other. They do that because Canada's fucking huge. You could put all of Europe like four times over inside of one of Canada. It's massive. It's bigger than U.S. geographically speaking. Fucking huge. So, you have... Um, so, all the pro- provinces on one side go to the regionals. And you got, like, Jessica Bittner and all that. For them, it's... Um, she's always one of those guys over there. And then uh, on the other side as well. So, now that I set up, You can set national records There's It's a national level event. And we showed up at the fucking Easterns. Dude, you had the worst fucking circumstances. <laughs> you want to say them now because enough time has passed. It was, like, two years ago. It's not an excuse. But I remember not only did I... Bump into you the day. So Randy, when he first met him, was like, 340 pounds? Yeah, it was roughly around there. 340? Yeah. Svelte? No, but you were, you, Randy's 5'6 on the tall day. I was 240. Two,
1: 240, okay. And not one ounce of athleticism. <laughs>
0: Bless his fucking heart. Cut down to an 83 kilo, 182 pound. So this cut was a fucking cut. <laughs> Like this, you had abs, and people seeing you, like, holy shit, I hope Randy's not sick. Yeah. I holy agree. shit, what's going on, pretty with Randy? pretty like he's... I had the
1: fucking Ebola virus, sir, because. Well, of... Only because of what you were before.
0: Yeah. Like, you had abs, you looked good. But, um, and then the day before, when we flew out to the Easterns and showed up, I went up and was gonna shake your hand. Hey, Randy, and you're like, I'll make you shake my hand. And you look like, what the fuck happened to you, man? Sick as shit. Like crazy sick of like Randy, We just flew national level event. This is bad timing, bro. And I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Where's your body weight you at? So you got a crazy cut. Um, got sick as shit.
1: Yeah, so I was around 191, 92, cut down, which that was fine. I mean, but it was really one of my first. It's a huge cut in into Water it. A lot of cuts going into, a, a, into it because I was competing before at 93. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, I got sick as fuck basically a couple of days before that, and uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. But I mean, the positive was pretty good. Like, I still wasn't really feeling too beat up yet. Uh, the morning of it, uh, I had a call about my grandmother uh, saying she was in the hospital. And they were pretty much she was she was gonna pass. So,
0: like, like, it's like,
1: like so what the fuck else? So, so going into it, I had a lot of friends in that fuck. competition, and I kind of just stayed to myself because I mean, like, you don't want to lay that kind of negativity on anyone going into a fucking competition so I stuck to myself and had the shittiest fucking meat of my life
0: dude, dude I'm dude, the best I, dude let me, let me say something when he says the shittiest meat of his life he, he fucking he fucking on bench press he goes ah we'll put two we'll put 285 on there for my opener be. <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> so he goes he, he goes he goes, this should be a good... Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shit. Hey, on a second. oh, He goes, he goes, this should be a good confidence booster. <laughs> this should be a good confidence booster. <laughs> hey, fuck I might as well load
1: a fucking four plates on that fucking thing because it came I- off the bar and went into my chest and went fucking nowhere. <laughs> and then I did the fight of my life with elbow to elbow, inch by inch he- to get it he- off of me. Comes back- in- him-
0: in- he in- he in- comes back. He comes back. I go, what happened? Because that shit planted me. <laughs> what the fuck? You hit that for reps? That was a confidence booster. That was, <clears throat> dude, I never seen it so bad. And for squats, you fucking unwrapped. <laughs> Excuse me. And you went down <laughs> and squatted. The shit buried you so bad. Your knees were at your eyeball height. Yeah. And you he looked left and right. you like, what the fuck are those in my peripheral? It's my fucking knees. He goes, <laughs> how low am I right now? You were sitting on the ground. <laughs> you got rag out there. Yeah. But you came back. Listen, the shit hit the fan is the point. And you're like, I don't know if my grandma's alive or dead. That was, that was the fucking... Like, you got sick. So, you, if everyone... You were for real sick. Like, you should stay at home sick. And then, the week you came from 240... First time at 83. Like, this is, it was the worst case scenario the whole time. And um, you didn't, and I told you afterwards, I go, oh my God, man, look at your total, you're not going to be proud of. Because um, just for reference, guys, he benches like in fucking mid threes to late threes now. Um, but nonetheless, fucking, you didn't bomb on a day that you've never bombed in your life. And that's where you would just, you had to fight to finish somebody that you got pinned, come back and hit it. Cause like, oh fuck no, I'm not making a shitty day even worse. But, and we had no idea how bad the day was. Nobody knew what was going on. That was fucked. That's like the worst case. And then if you posted that, you would get some fucking trolls, man. It's an excuse. Keep excuses to yourself. Dude, but the thing is, here's the point. The point is, you don't know what people around you are going through. You don't know what the fuck is going on in their life. Nobody would have known Dude, this dude's got the perfect storm in his life. That almost fucked me! That was like I'm surprised you held it together. Well the po- the post I think I actually made about it
1: was just the fact that it was it was the biggest learning opportunity I've ever had. And it was it was more about it was, about, it, it was more about myself, not about the the me anything like that. It was that that I actually stuck through because I, I mean I'll tell you by the time I hit deadlifts, I honestly just fucking wanted to get up and walk out. Like it was I I had no ambition to be there anymore. And uh you know, I, I can say thanks to you and thanks to, to, to Kathleen about that because Kathleen was handling that day and if she hadn't have been there, I fucking for sure would have just fucking balanced. Well, it's us. easy like... like, like when, when you're having that shitty of a day, it was like there's nothing about this... Like At that point, I felt like there was nothing that was going to go right and it was just going to be demoralizing. But in the end, what I learned is the character build. But the other part of that story that was really funny is I remember when we were all done and I was sitting there and I like, literally was just head and hands, bag of shit... <laughs> And I had signed up for the fucking bench only, too. <laughs> because, because I was quite jammed at the time, and I was like, oh, fuck, we'll do it. We'll do it. This will be good, you know? And I remember signing up thinking, this would be no fucking problem. And then it came out and was like, you want to go weigh in for bench? And I remember looking at the guy, and he was just like, fuck you. Fuck. Like, are you fucking oh, kidding fuck me? Like, I literally so. had nothing good to say. I'm just like, fucking, I'm out, dude. You yeah.
0: <laughs> That's terrible. But, yeah, man, that was, um, honestly, they say sports don't build character. They reveal it. I do think sports can build character because you learn 100% aggressive. But if nothing else, a takeaway from that is like, like, gutting it out, staying in the pocket in the worst fucking possible. Like, what do you want? You want prop family problems? Uh, like, fuck, man, I've lost all my grandparents at this point. That's shit. That is shit. Being sick. Like, look at more men. When we're fucking sick, we don't leave the couch. We were. Fucking, dude, I hate being sick. Going to work. Being like, let's. Be sick as fuck, and I seen you. You were bad enough that when I walked upstairs, I I fucking had a full shower. And that was before the water cut. Okay, so when you water cut, you have symptoms that feel like flu like symptoms. You feel like, holy fuck, I hope I feel a lot better. You do it enough times, and that's why I tell people, fucking water cut. Like, practice water cuts. Um, That's why I was trying to, like, I don't want to bring up Isabella, God bless her shoes, but she's, you know, you gotta practice that shit. Don't do it first, because What it feels like is not going to be like you think, and um, it feels like you're sick. So yes, being sick as fuck, and everyone's been there, and be like, hey, get off the couch, let's go test your one rep maxes, will suck. Being sick as fuck, hey, let's fucking water cut you for the, like, a huge, you were originally a 240 pound man, and that that was your big drive to cutting all year into this, and then, and then I'd wake up that morning and be like, I feel like shit, had a crazy cut, what could go wrong, get that phone call. And you're like, all right, mother, okay, well, so God doesn't love me. Yeah. And, um, and well, I'm not, it's you know, not meant to be. That day too, like I couldn't,
1: I fucking, just because I was sick, like I couldn't get food into me no matter how much I force. I yeah. get, <laughs> I'm sweating because I got the fucking flu, so I couldn't get enough water to me. And, and I remember actually going out of the meeting, and going upstairs I commanded like 82.3 kilos or something like that, and when I came out of that meet, I was like 80. And the I was worst, like, I lost another two and a half kilos during the, the meet. The worst
0: is after getting planted by your squats, and you're, you're, you're at the bottom of your squat. You look to your left, there's your left knee. You look to your right, there's your right knee. Oh, I fell from my you're of legs. Like, you're like, what the fuck just happened? I just unwrapped this and this thing went through me like a knife through I, butter. I,
1: I, sh- I shit you not, probably another inch I would've hit my ass off the floor. I went it, down so far and I remember I remember coming up and I remember looking over- You actually came up, which is amazing. I remember looking over one of the judges and her jaw was just dropped. Like, <laughs> like with the fact that like that was probably the deepest fucking thing we'd ever seen. <laughs> you, you look at the white lights,
0: do I got them? Do you, son, <laughs> where you? do you fucking got white <laughs> lights? Get the fuck out of here and go check your hips if they're still I'm in place. I was seeing, I was seeing step. the
1: fucking white light at the bottom. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and then afterwards, you tell Kathleen, "I think I could use a confidence booster for bench. No. My day's not going well." but two eighty five, and you fucking and listen. Let me tell you something. I thought when you missed two eighty five, and I know what you're capable of. I and I'm before everyone listen. I'm competing as well that day. So then when the I got told you missed that one. I was like, oh, Jesus, he's going to bomb out. This really is, I've never seen you bomb, and you haven't. When I went out there and I watched you retake 285, the fight of your fucking life. That shit, you're, you were shaking like a leaf on a tree in, in fucking September. You were like, your elbow shaking, and you locked it. I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, thank God he's going to live to see the dead list. And then I turned to Kathleen, I'm like, fucking drop his deads. Like, just let this man finish. Because we are hinging, like, and we didn't even know how bad your day was gonna be. We knew physically it was
1: shit. That's funny. And the mentally part, and The best part was not went three for three for dead. It's a lift that I fucking hated. I was yeah. like the only thing. I've always been the subtotal guy. I had the I had a great day on my like, deads that day, but
0: you're like, well, we're in hell. Let's might as well have a fucking cocktail with the devil.
1: I remember it was fucking Gino was there, and Gino's comment was, "This guy has the quietest fucking dead I've ever seen." Because it was just the the set down. I was so fucking tired
0: all day. <laughs> Oh God bless! So there's a worst-case scenario for you guys. If you're ever having a bad meet, think and think. Oh my God! Think about Randy's situation.
1: But you know, out of that too was a little redemption because afterwards I went out and just did a bench only to get the fucking confidence back on her. Won that. For so real. They, yeah. Won Confidence that, won, booster. Won that, won that one.
0: So it was it was just one of those. And that was a regionals. Yeah. That was a national level event as well. And and took that and you were rightfully like well into the fucking 300s yeah. again and like doing your damn thing. Man, it, it just goes to show you like redemption is one meet away. I remember you saying, I gotta, I gotta come back.
1: Yeah. And I was
0: like, man, I honestly encourage you go. There's a, there's a bench only at regionals. Yeah. And I was like, hit that shit. Come back. Cause that performance is not you. And you, the longer you hang with that performance when someone asks. That's the one you had. Yeah, it's just say. a it's a mental block
1: and it's one of those things that every time I walked into the gym, that, that number that I I bombed at, I was I started hitting it for like, you know, four well, sets did of bomb, four or four set, no, or... not bomb, but I mean I started hitting it for like yeah. four sets of eight and shit like that because yeah. it was, it was like, rest I, just,
0: I should be rep weight. That's really rattling as fuck. When rep weight becomes. I just, I just hit
1: it during the peak for a five by five for fuck's sake. Yeah, and then yeah. it, it came off that I just remember coming off and hit me in the chest
0: and I was like, holy fuck is this. <laughs> fuck. <Yeah. laughs> Oh. So keep this in mind when you're watching Worlds and Raw Nationals, whether Canada, U.S., or whatever nation, and some off days, they fucking happen. I've only been very few times Has it coincided with being <coughs> sick and um, on a day up, but you can get sick any goddamn day. It's just worst timing because we don't the problem is we're not like basketball players or fucking baseball players we have a hundred and well not only that but a baseball player is 180 games or whatever should, i don't know how many they play themselves but tons so their sample size is huge so they could get sick or whatever on a game or two it's a whitewash because you have so many sample sizes. Oh, we have like three a year, maybe. This is a fucking hobby sport. In professional baseball, they have fucking coaches
1: and trainers and doctors on site. I mean, you get sick, they'll fucking pump you IV. Like, you know what I mean?
0: We're so, going into this shit with a bottle of water. Put it, But <clears> put <throat> it this way. Let's, even all that aside, you're sick, you're sick. Sometimes they can't do, like pump you full IV, you're still going to have a shitty day. Let's say they have a shitty off day. You have a shitty off day. Well, you're not competing in for six months. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's six months of my life of training that is gone. Thanks. That was fucking, but it's a hell of a
1: story. Well, the other thing is too, I mean, you should switch it over to a different topic real quick. I mean, you look at different athletes and stuff. When you talk about that, Was, was George St. Pierre when he fought Matt Serra. You know, people have talked about George St. Pierre since then. Is that he, they, they say stuff like, you know, he's, he's got a fucking gloss jaw. He's got fucked because he got laid out by Matt Serra. He talked about that in an interview after He said he would never have a fight like that again because he had, he had a temperature of 102 degrees when he walked out into that fight and, he, and he took Matt Serra as a joke and thought he would destroy him, he do him it even in. sick yeah half-ass. he got he got tagged got laid out and I mean anyone who watches UFC you watched him when he came back he he literally beat him like a fucking bully in his schoolyard. Yeah. like yeah. he was holding him down with one hand and hitting him so hard that the guy looked like he was gonna cry there's there's
0: this <laughs> difference when when it comes to sports what people don't realize is the difference between first and even tenth. When we say you got smoked, if you actually take the percentage of uh, difference between 650 total and 700 total, um, the percentage is fucking small. So the percentage for error, and this is, and, but in pounds, you at 50 kilo, you got pumped. Well, the, the, actually, percentage-wise, you didn't get fucking pumped at all. That's actually relatively close. You look at sports in general. So if you go in there sick as shit, expect if you're, you're like running at 80%. Yeah, you can go from being a champ to getting quote-unquote smoked because you could easily drop. That's what people don't really understand. And think about the next time you're sick. Be like, test your maxes now. Yeah. You will. You wouldn't even want to leave your fucking couch. <laughs> that's or that's go the out box. there and fight. Go out there and play football. Go out there and play football, go out there and play hockey. Well, and the pressure on these guys when they're millions. And the pressure on powerlifters because you've been training for six months and you already flew in. You're going to fucking show up anyways.
1: But they're, we're human, right? Well, that's the benefits of social media and the following that you'll get is I mean, most people that are, that are in, the, in the contendership, are, they're, they're huge weight cuts, right? So, the numbers they're hitting on a full stomach, of pasta, and a fucking steak, and whatever fucking diet yeah. they're running that, that month, um, yeah. they're coming in and hitting these massive PRs, and then they come out, and people are like, oh, this guy's going to hit a fucking 700 deadlift because, you know, he was hitting it for doubles going into the fucking, yeah, and then you look and the guy hits like a 680, and you're like, well, what the fuck happened? It's like,
0: well, he was fucking 15 pounds heavier, he was, he was full, you and, and, and this is where I tell everybody honestly: practice your fucking weight cut several times before a meet. Take it seriously, man. Because how you feel during the weight cut—it's even psychologically when you rehydrate and then continue—it's—it actually helps you to be like, oh, I actually do come back around, and I actually can. When I was cutting to eighty-three kilo, um, coming back from um, ninety-three, I—I went to a meet. In Michigan, purely to weigh in and hit openers, because I want to practice my eighty-three kilo cut. I didn't want—I didn't want it for the first time, you know. I wanted to get used to it. Well, there's a lot of things you practice.
1: You practice the commands. You—you you get people that are involved that that aren't your fucking fan, your your fanboys to, to actually you know watch your slots for depth. Like you yeah. go in there and have some people that are legitimate and tell you like, hey, fuck, like you're high as fuck. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like and take you, it. Yeah. Like listen, make listen to what they're saying. Don't make yeah. excuses. About, oh, my hip hurts or whatever else, right? But. You see people, some people, are like, they're posting coming into these big meets, and you're watching it, and the thing you just want to say is, like, you know, the first thing you read and see is, oh, it's camera angle. Yeah. Oh. No. no, it's not. It's not. I mean, there's the odd times. Sometimes, get... Yeah. I, get, I get it sometimes, you know, like, it's, it's somewhat of a camera angle, but don't, the last three weeks wasn't the camera. If it is, three weeks in a row, oh, yeah, change your camera change angle. Change your fucking camera yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a pretty simple thing. Put it against the side, line it up, and see what happens instead of the downward view or the upward view. Like, it's, yeah. it's not fucking rocket science.
0: I'm going to uh, give a quick check and see if our boy. So, we got Sean Noriega today. I'm just sending him our Skype right now. Bam. Grandy. Four, five, six. Six. We had already called Sean, so I should have a Skype loaded. And we're gonna talk a little bit. It says chatted over a year ago. Has it been that fucking long? Yeah, it would have been right before Nats.
1: That was the last time we talked to him and Daniela.
0: Hmm. Where does the time go, sir? We've been doing this podcast for a minute, have we? What episode are we even on? We gotta start counting our episodes.
1: The fuck it, I can't count. <laughs>
0: I'm going to tell him.
1: You know what's still so bothering me, though, is I still can't figure out who the fuck the last episode was.
0: Has it been that fucking long we did an episode together? It's been about two months, probably. A month and a half, two months. Because all I'm doing now, around two to three a week, let me tell you something. In terms of episodes, first off, the Sebastian Orb, who, uh, this is the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, he's we'll the, the 20. fucking
1: 120 kid. Luke Richardson. Oh yeah, that was a... the last one we did.
0: That was a really good one as well. It's yeah. one of the highest rated there. That's why it was fucking good, of course. Um, but the downloads have been going great. The Gray CV, quick twenty minute podcast I did. Downloads like crazy. Downloads been you know moving. Well, I mean, the teams. that was everybody in the
1: mothers talking about that. I, well, I mean, that, that was the, that was the fucking news of the week. I mean, between Nike and fucking Gracie, I didn't know which one hit the fucking popularity more. Like that was just controversy after controversy on that one.
0: Yeah, with the, so with the Kaepernick situation, um, people are like burning their fucking Nike, and they're all up in arms because he took a knee during the anthem. But he's still like honored. flag he just did it differently so that people recognize and ask why are you and then he could say here's why and that's what he wanted i'm going to use my platform to bring um, attention to this issue and that's where people actually get at a guy like michael jordan absolutely monstrous um, personality and sports personality not just basketball throughout the world but he never uses his poll and his attention for any kind of political or any kind of issues where people have actually said, like, look at like, you're not, you're, Muhammad Ali, you are not, sir. Like, you could really help out a lot of people. He refused to. The guy's got to sell shoes, Nike shoes, no less. But he's got to sell shoes, and that hurts, and listen, that hurts his sales, so that's why he wouldn't, and we're seeing has got rudely interrupted by Sean Noriega. Let me finish my thought. I'll call him back. We're seeing it really would fucking hurt his sales. So who do you respect more? Do you respect Michael Jordan for or, or Colin Kaepernick? Because Michael Jordan kept his mouth shut for fucking money from Nike. Was Colin Kaepernick? All right, he isn't in the same situation, but he's stepping up. And 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 people who would talk shit about Michael Jordan, well, you see why. Yeah, look, people are burning the fucking Nike shoes now. It makes you think about it, no? And you got a guy like Muhammad Ali, who I obviously look up to, who's like, fuck your money, take the heavyweight title, do whatever you want, this is what's right. Think about that for a minute. Now I'm gonna call Noriega right now. Let's let's fucking throw him on here. What's up? Mr. Sean Noriega.
2: What's going on, with a, guys?
0: With a fresh cut.
2: Yeah. What
0: are you saying, sir?
2: What's up? How's it going? Not too bad. How are you?
0: I'm just making sure we're still okay. We're still recording. Perfect. Good, my friend. Good, my friend. How is training going?
2: Training's going great, man. Everything's good. Just you know, winding down the last four weeks. So the, la- the last ready.
0: four weeks, do you wind down or do you like? Are you peaking or, or how's your training going for this?
2: I can't really say wind down. I mean, winding down in time, but it's ah, I gonna- got you. At least the next two weeks, they're going to be pretty rough. But this this I'm ready is. For it.
0: Um, do you have earphones by chance?
2: Um, Yes. I have one second. Let me see if I have.
0: Perfect. Because okay. we're going to get a little feedback. Okay. So what were you thinking about Jordan?
1: He's not with Nike anymore.
0: He isn't? No. no well, is back it, in the day when he was.
1: Jordan's is online And then the other thing is, well, when you have a sponsorship like Nike and Gatorade and Calvin Klein and every other fucking thing, man, you got to watch your mouth. Yeah. Like it's. it's not just,
0: you go out on that platform, you're going broke. Yeah. Well, but you got a guy like Ali who's like, I give a fuck. Yeah, that's I mean, what made but, him the, but, but the difference
1: about Ali then was the fucking money. Ali didn't have those kind of sponsorships. He
0: lost his heavyweight title. He lost a lot. Hey, he lost his, his sacrifice. Time. He did. Can I say something? Watch him up. <laughs> hey, watch him up. You're in my house.
2: <laughs> but, uh, you got some headphones on, bud? Um, no, no. I'm trying to set up right now. Okay, okay. sir. You set
0: those up. We're in the middle of a discussion about uh, Michael fucking Jordan and Colin Kaepernick about the burning of Nike shoes. And what's your take on it, Sean?
2: About Kaepernick? Yeah. As a whole? That's like a whole – that's a whole discussion there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the recent thing – I mean, it's it's clear that uh, – I guess it's like the political leanings of, of corporate America are definitely more left. But I mean – I, I, you know, I'm a a capitalist above all things. And I think that if, you know, if Nike wants to, you know, endorse Kaepernick for what he did, I I have no issues with it. I don't think anyone's going to stop buying Nike.
0: And what do you think? Yeah, Nike's like initially their stock took a hit. But in the long, it's fucking minuscule. Their stock took a hit. the market. It's a
2: little. Yeah. yeah, it went from it like just... eighty
0: three to
1: eighty one or something. Like it's fucking minuscule yeah. what they took. So what do you think about? Um, people were buying Nike shit to burn it. I mean, like, fuck. Were it. they really? Yeah, like they're, they're they're gonna benefit from that. Like that's that was the joke. Is you're burning it, well, you already fucking bought it. It's not
0: like you stole it and burnt it. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um. And, and well, so the only so the flip side would be, and I was just saying before you came yeah. on, Sean is. You got a guy like Michael Jordan, who for a long time um, wasn't using his platform at all in any kind of political ways where a lot of people were like, Hey, man, your reach, far bigger than Colin Kaepernick's or any of these other guys, your reach would rival a Muhammad Ali. Maybe not Ali, because at the time in the 70s, he's fucking huge. But it's huge anyways, Jordan's brand. But he never fucking used it because he's so heavily invested with these sponsors. And um, that's where some people said... You know, in terms of, like Ali's greatness, some of it was um, what he did as a boxer, obviously, but also what he did with his influence when he had, when the world was watching, and some people were wishing Jordan would step up, um, but they said the fact that like he's a bottom line type dude, like you, you have sweatshops, fucking get the sweatshops, pump out my fucking Nike shoes, let's make some money. Hey, there's this going on, but well, I'm not gonna say it's affecting my my where I'm from. I'm not gonna say shit because. That can impact my shoes. People are going to burn my shoes, and I need my shoe sales.
1: But it's it's more of it's more of the U.S. that's making a big deal of it, right? Like that's what I. That's a huge, it market. It's a, it's a huge it's, market. It's a huge market, but it's where you're seeing more of the, the, the controversy coming from than anywhere.
0: Well, yeah, it's a, but but it's a, it still doesn't change the the the, the uh, discussion on like should Jordan have stepped up? No, you know, like so. What do you think, sir?
2: I don't know anything specifically about what, you know, Michael Jordan's been doing. I don't... It's mostly,
0: don't, it's mostly he just doesn't, he just always plays it safe and never steps up and says anything because he doesn't want to take a hit financially for any of his sponsorships and sales.
2: If he has any obligation to. Yeah.
0: And that's where kind of, do are we obligated when we get to a certain level? Well, him at this point now, being a, some sort of political
1: activist, would be completely different than when he was Yeah, you can't switch right? out like, now. Like, right now, he owns his brand now. I mean, Nike, he's still, I think they still make it in the Nike shops, but I, I, he owns his brand.
0: Is that the Nike shops or sweatshops?
1: The sweatshops. Okay. So, I mean, they, th- that's where he's making it, though. But I, he owns, like, it's Jordan now. It's not, I mean, Nike has a small cut in it, but it's not like before. But he doesn't have them big sponsors to the like Calvin Klein, the Gatorade, all that shit no more. Like, he's just a fucking billionaire
0: that's making shoes. Yeah. Colin, this Colin Kaepernick situation is huge. I didn't even fucking know his name, and now he's on everybody and everybody's mouth. Yeah, and and, and and everybody's social media. He's bigger than he ever was. Like he, I don't think ever took a hit. I'm not a huge football guy, but I know. I mean, he was. He was never the. the I think he was a backup, if I'm not mistaken.
2: No, he was a, he was a starter. Was he? I mean, was he? he? Yeah, yeah. He got he got to a Super Bowl at one point, but he was not like a stellar quarterback.
0: But was he a backup when he, was he left? Good. Was he a backup when he left? By the time he left, though, I mean, like he was on his way to like he was a backup okay. by then.
2: He was playing pretty poorly towards the end of his,
0: his yeah, time. like he had his day, but he was on the downswing of it. But i I'm, yeah. I'm not saying he wouldn't have. I mean, it, timing is everything. It doesn't mean he wouldn't have. Done this even if when he was a starter in Super Bowl, it doesn't mean he wouldn't have. It just fucking came about when it did, and he can't help that. He did what he did. What do you think about it? You're an American, and this dude is taking a knee. Do you think it's an insult?
2: Uh, I'm, this honestly, this is one of the things I'm so conflicted on. Like I, I've had, I haven't had this conversation too many times, um, but I've definitely thought about it a lot because there's like one part of me that's like like, I don't see him as being someone who's oppressed. Like, you're, uh, you're, like, African-American athletes as a whole just, like, have, have, they have such opportunity now. Like, you know, most sports are dominated by by African-Americans. He has this opportunity to make millions of dollars. He has so much influence. And, like, for him to take a knee, it's, like, I don't take it as an insult. I just think it's, like, I guess misguided in a way. That's how I feel about it. But then the other side of me is, like, okay, I understand where he's coming from. I understand the the group or audience that he's representing. Um I don't know. It's, it's super conflicting to me. And usually I have like a definitive view on things. Yeah, you like do, any, sir. Usually, okay. usually social issues. I have a very definitive view on things and I'm not really uh,
0: – Are those earphones working for you? Because we're getting all types of feedback. Are those bad boys going to work?
2: I don't know why they're not connecting. I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. I'm it's okay. It's
0: well, okay. We, uh, but one thing I will say about that, um, it's true that – so this is where Jordan was taking flack. People be like, you know, you're no longer like you're a millionaire and, and uh, you know you're not millionaire. yeah like a billionaire. But um, some people be like, you can't like forget where you, a where you came from. And people in these communities that are being, they don't have the same cards dealt. So you you can't hold up in the mansion and be like, this doesn't affect me. Well, anymore. as much as he wasn't outspoken and stuff
1: like that, I'm sure if someone was to really track down everything Jordan did for the fucking generations, I'm sure there's been a lot of like. For the for the like, behind the like, scenes behind well, the this, scenes this too. like people, the, the, the the fucking you know the Harlems of different places like this, like this guy put a, I know he used to sponsor a lot of like three on three stuff like that big money like different I'm sure like you that. Didn't do and, but what they're
0: saying is you're keeping quiet because you're worried it'll it'll affect your fucking bottom line and that's where people don't. Like, like, raise your voice. You got a voice if you're afraid to say something.
1: Maybe, but some people just don't want that conflict in their life. I mean, he had enough conflict in his life. His dad died, the gambling, the whole thing. You know what I mean? There was a lot of shit mm-hmm. that happened along him that people forgot about. But mm-hmm. how much did he really want to bring up? And if he starts getting to that, how much do people start digging into his personal life? Right? Yeah, you do You do bring
0: yourself into the fucking limelight. You make enemies. Yeah. You make enemies, that's for sure. Some of the social issues, I know that you've you you you've dealt. You brought up. Um, you had a good post there, Sean, the other day about... Um, it showed a magazine cover, I think. And yeah, with
2: the Cosmopolitan magazine cover.
0: And this lady was, by all means, not in great shape. Is that fair yeah. to
2: say? Yeah, I would say so.
0: <laughs> would you say so? She was probably <laughs> around, how big of a woman are we talking?
2: I don't know. She looks like she has to be like, you know, 400 pushing maybe 400 pounds and
0: we're not like for real like about 350 range right her height I mean depending on what her height was yeah it could be anywhere from 300 to four fucking pounds sport. and um and I mean look I'm not saying let's fucking make fun of her I'm not saying let's um let's fucking like like yeah gang up on whatever but on the flip side I think your point was you were stating fitness industry is getting to the point now where um I think you used the term cuckolding which is like we're literally like championing this, being like, "Good for you! You feel great in that body size. You rock that body size, girl!" And it's like, man, um, like this this lady's not gonna see forty. Like this, let's we, yeah. you know, this isn't something that you actually get behind and be like, "Yes, let's let's." This is a good thing. Like this isn't this isn't good. It's it's you know this is unhealthy.
1: This is literally unhealthy. It's there's there's. From, okay, Sean's capitalist or whatever, here's some different points of view of this, is that it is fucking tapping on healthcare systems, fucking overweight people. The second, I think it's the second largest uh, killer it, next to smoking is obesity. So as much as a faux pas is to walk up and tell someone that, that has a cigarette that they're fucking gross and disgusting, but you don't sit down at a table that somebody's morbidly obese and say the same to them. Yeah, yeah. Right? But even though it has the same social stigmas behind it right so
0: yeah i think uh i think we might have do we lose we'll call him back in a maybe second maybe his headphones are actually attached yeah but um no you're absolutely right i mean it's um like i don't think like i mean and i'm not saying you need to go fucking fat chain with people that's no, not no, what I, no, mean.
1: No, no, no. I mean like you've you're had, saying you you're not cheating me you. on a daily basis <laughs> but you hey, know hey, my poor hey, my hey, poor man. fucking
0: personality like i just hey <laughs> man hey man <laughs> I see videos of you and pictures yeah, of you. Yeah, I mean, I
1: mean, like you'd walk around and when you explain people, it's like, well, he has a good
0: personality. That's well, he's got a good personality. personality. But, um, but yeah, uh, but for sure, in terms of, like, this this Cosmopolitan was basically feel great within your own body. And then uh, we're actually, like, avoiding a, a huge elephant in the room. That's a poor choice of words, but you know what I'm saying. We're calling Sean Noriega right now. Sean isn't online. We are experiencing all types of technical difficulties. Sean's uh, headphones weren't working for him, and that was the feedback. We got the same situation uh, when we were interviewing um, Dan Danny Paul from Switzerland, and we had these. It, you get this feedback throughout. Yeah. Whoop whoop whoop. Yeah, and um, I don't think the other guy can hear it, so he's like, "Ah, we'll just go without." It's like, "Ah, no, nah, it's kind of big." It's kind of big. We need those uh, earphones.
2: Sorry guys, somehow we got disconnected. I don't know what happened.
0: No worries, sir.
2: Nope. Oh my God, these headphones are driving me crazy. Do you have... Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's allow me to reintroduce myself,
0: Sean Oriega is in the building, Team Flex in the building, and uh, the feedback is cut, and we are rocking and rolling, um, hang on a second, can we, can you say something? What's up? Okay, yeah, we can hear you, perfect, I just want to make sure we can hear you, so anyways, my friend, training's been going well, you know before we before we got into um, before we introduced you we were talking me and Randy and we we're saying how um, this battle it going into the USAPL 83 kilo it's uber competitive it to say the least but a lot of people if you didn't crunch the numbers you don't realize how competitive just so everyone knows at the IPF World Championships was it the week before that you competed or two was it, it was one week
2: it was it was two weekends two weeks. before
0: and you hit 785 total and you were junior correct
2: yeah yeah I still have one more year in the junior
0: and your 785 total would not would have won the uh, world IPF world juniors and um, also taken that silver medal away from Russell Orhi now that doesn't mean I'm not trying to take nothing away from Charlie Dix and Russell O'Ree. I'm just saying, in terms of competitiveness, because every meet's different, IPF world's flying there, blah, 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 right? There's a lot of variables. But all I'm trying to put in perspective is yes. if anyone's kind of getting caught up in the hype, this shit is closer than some people might think. And what are you. What's up? Who are you anticipating for this when you're walking into this? Who do you got your eyes on?
2: Walking in the raw ass? Yeah. I mean, Russ, man. It's you and Russ? It's it's me and Russ, for sure.
0: And and what's the battle plan here? Because both of you guys are Joey Flex disciples, and this is like a civil war on the Joey Flex uh, team here. Is Joey going to handle both of
2: you? Yeah, so Joey is going to handle both of us. Um, And I think, you know, his job is pretty easy. You know, until the last deadlift. So, basically, we've had this conversation. I know Joey and I have had this conversation. I'm sure he and Russ have had this conversation. Because people think like me and, me and Russ are boys. Like, me, Joey, and Russ, John Hack, like, we all have a group chat. We talk every day. But, but, like, when it comes to training, I talk to Joey. You know, Russ probably talks to Joey. And we have two separate, you know, paths that we're probably di- discussing similar things. Joey's goal for both of us is to make sure neither of us miss and then when it gets to, you know, third deadlift, it's, okay, Ross, what do you want? Okay, Sean, what do you want? Like, as, when it gets to that point, it's like, all right, you want to go for the win? Put whatever you want on the bar. It's and just, if neither of us miss, I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's just going to come down to who finishes that ninth lift. The big thing is, and this is tough, okay, because
0: very, I know um, looking at the IPF World Championships, you often are trying to guess what the other guys are doing. You put in uh, a, like a placeholder dead to see what the other guy's going to put. Then you change up your mm-hmm. last dead because you can make two changes. And you're changing up your deads and all the rest of it. Very rarely, or I, fuck, this might be one of the top that I've ever seen two guys at this level, same fucking handler. And he, there's no placeholder dead, there's no jockeying around, oh, he just put this dead in, let's change our last dead. It's the same fucking dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're, you're trying to beat each other. Yeah. And he's, like, I, I don't, it's going to be interesting how you handle two dudes to try to beat each other. if this is where it helped, help like, Joe in terms of pressure out is, if one guy just pulls ahead of the other guy. But with you and Russell, if we go by history, and history is the best, teller of the future, you got nobody's gonna pull ahead. You guys are gonna be fucking deadlocked. You're both around 785 range and probably a little better on that day. So it's you're probably gonna come down to the last dead. You know, is he just gonna let let it on you guys kind of decide? Cause sometimes when it comes to lifter day of some guys are like, I don't wanna fucking talk, just let the guy handle and you do it.
2: The handler do it. Mm. What are you thinking? I think so. I think that's how how Russ and I are, are pretty different. I well, so above all like him and I are very very competitive. Like we both played sports all growing up like you know, at one time we were both college athletes like we both want to fucking compete and we both want to win this meet. Like we're friends but like the day that we compete like I I want to I don't want to see you do anything. Like I I want to win, right? So for For Joey, um, like I said, I think that, you know, especially him, like, he's a very, like, objective person. I know that we're both his his clients, but I think he's, like, pretty objective and, like, he's just going to put on the bar what he thinks, you know, either of us has. Like, I don't think he's going to try to push one person for more than they can handle for the sake of, you know, creating some sort of – or bridging some sort of gap. Um, But the way that I think Russ and I are different is – Like, I try to, like, I'm just, like, more neurotic in that I, like, try to hypermanage myself. Like, I've had Joey handle me, but, like, I check the numbers. Like, I'm, like, thinking in my head, like, okay, what attempt do I have? Whereas, like, I've competed alongside Russ. I've watched Russ compete, and he's much more, like, he worries about himself, and, like, he'll let Joey make the call. But I think when it comes down to it, like, you know, third deadlift, it's just going to be, you know, assuming we've made all eight lists prior, um, I think it's just going to be, all right, like, Russ, if I put this on the bar, you can win. And, you know, if I don't, you won't. Or Sean, if I, if I put this on the bar, you can win. If you don't, if I don't, you won't. Like, do you want to secure the, you know, do you want to secure second or do you want to go for the win? And I think that just by nature, the way both of us are, like, whatever we have to do to win, we're going to do so, if it comes down
0: to the last dead, and it more than likely is going to, you guys are too damn close. I mean, historically speaking, if you look at your totals, 785, and I don't, I forget what his highest he's done, but lately, as of 793 late... 793 is his highest. 793 is super fucking close then, but that's been a while ago. And uh, his cool. last two have been in the 780s. You guys are probably neck and neck. We're thinking. We're thinking anyways. But one thing you got... Are you anticipating you're going to pull more?
2: Um, I mean, look, anything can happen. I think that the way that my training has been going for deadlift, especially since my deadlift is usually much weaker in training than in a meet, I anticipate that I will be for sure going over seven on deadlifts, oh, sh- And yeah. And I think that, um, you know, Russ is a lot healthier now. I think his world, his world competition. He had a lot going on. He was dealing with his back injury. I think. I mean, I think he's gonna bring it. Like his his three hundred kilo deadlift from worlds is not gonna be the deadlift see putting on on me day in Spokane. Yeah,
0: and that's so. He was injured going into worlds. Everything was everyone was so tight-lipped. I know nobody wants to come off like they're making um, any excuses excuses. And I appreciate that. And because sometimes you say the truth, and the truth is some people are injured. We were talking about that earlier, which is yeah. perfect. Truth is, sometimes you get injured, but when you say the truth, people are an excuse, and people don't want to hear it, right? So Russ actually was a little injured in the IPF Worlds?
2: Yeah, I mean, he was, he was saying it in, his, in his videos, I think he had tweeted something in the back, um, and they kind of had to pull back a little bit, then going into the Arnold, he kind of, you know, Retweeted again, and training, you know, as far as his deadlift went, I think, um, had just taken a bit of a hit, but, you know, I mean, Russ is never going to make any excuses for anything, like, it was, it was a fact that he was, you know, he was injured, but that's not going to derail him, like, mentally from, you know, training however you should. I know a lot of people, you know, in powerlifting, especially, like, you know, they'll have an injury or some sort of setback, and it kind of just, like, it becomes the the asterisk on every training video they post or their prep, and it kind of, you know, brings them down mentally, yeah. and they kind of keep that as, that's the conditional alongside whatever happens on me but oh, I was injured, so, yeah. but yeah. you know, that's not how he is, so. What is the
0: Well, yeah, who is, uh, so there's a couple of guys that we gotta worry about in the 83s. There's also, yeah.
2: I mean, the class, the class is deep. We've, we lost a couple people. Um, but the class is, is definitely deep. I know um, John Bruton had actually planned on doing the meet. I know he was he was gonna it's funny register, to but he's not now. What's up?
1: It's funny. I was just talking about that, wondering if he was gonna go in or not. But yeah, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, I think I think mean, he's probably busy. You know, his dad signed that massive contract. He's a strength coach over in Oakland. I'm sure that that's focusing on now. And I would definitely be focusing on that if I were in his position. But I know Gruden was going to do it. Dexter was going to do it. They're both not, you know, on the roster. So um, what? Why Dex is Dexter Jones, right? I think Dexter has switched to USPA and he's doing drug tested nationals. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, he's hey, trying... <laughs> nothing against USPA
0: for the untested. Like, fuck, that's where you gotta play. You want to play untested? You play in the USPA, US Open, blah blah blah. But why the fuck? If you're tested, do you not lift in the IPF?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe he enjoys the deadlift Bar. He trains with, you know, his coach is Joe Sullivan. He trains with all those guys who compete USPA down in Ohio. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about it, but I mean, he's doing well. He put up a big total in the USPA not too long ago.
0: Yeah, over 800,
2: right? Yeah, it was 802.
0: But, Again, deadlift bar and the whole nine, like, it does make a fucking... Whoever's listening, if you don't know how much of a difference... can make a sizable difference. It can definitely bump you... Bump oh, you absolutely. Notes. The
2: deadlift bar makes a significant difference, for
0: sure. Yeah. I mean, I just don't for... I mean, anyone could do whatever the shit they want, but for me... Like, people ask sometimes, they say, like, you guys don't show any love for the, t- uh, the tested division in the USPA. And I'm thinking, like... Like, fuck me. Why? Why? <laughs> like, that's like... Being a football expert, running a football podcast, and saying, hey, let's do this, this day's episode on the CFL.
2: The Canadian football game. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. That, was we, that was the analogy I was gonna make. Yeah,
0: it's like, and look at that, I just went to a CFL game yesterday. It's fucking fun to watch, but come on, man. You know why, <laughs> don't make me point it out. Don't make me be that guy. There is no major yeah. battles and matchups. How deep is the divisions? You might have a person who's good, in a division, and then how many others? Like, it's not a fucking, fucking US care. high school game has more turnout, fucking, especially if you go to somewhere like Texas. A US high school You're game. Still in the football though. But you know, <laughs> this guy's still trash in CFL. <laughs> All right, man, leave it alone. You got, he's like, yeah, leave it alone. I don't, Did they fucking hurt you? Yeah. So the CFL guy pick on you in high school. Relax, last. It, it was just a throwaway fucking analogy. But, um, but yeah, so, anyways, we'll get back on to it. I don't want to make it into a. Uh, Kicking the shit out of USAPL, drug tested. But um, so, but what about uh Sith Lord Wren? Now there's talk. We just had Joe Stanek on here. What about what? Sith Lord Wren, Deadlift Panda. What about him? <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, so we just had Joe Stanek on. We can, here. we can go through. I can. I can. I can go through this whole prim- I have the prime time pulled up right here. Oh, well, you you've done your work. I'm you not- did your homework. Okay. Yeah, I I have, I have all the prime time pulled
0: up. Are you worried? This is what Joe Stanek just said, and we just had him on here. He said, if we feel like it's within reach, even if it's a fucking 800-pound goddamn deadlift, they might just, if given the day, they might load it up and pull.
2: <laughs> I know. Listen, man, I, like, this doesn't have to go in the, the podcast. We can do an objective review of, of everybody after, but UU does not have any chance of winning. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. He's just he can pull as much as he wants. He's just not he's just not a complete enough lifter. He doesn't squat over six. He doesn't bench four. It's just the numbers just don't add up. I mean, look, if anything can happen on meet day, right? I'm not gonna say he can't win. Like for for all for all we know, you know, me, Russ, Marcus, whatever, we could miss attempts, right? And you you could have the best day he ever could and maybe, you know, I eat my words and he wins, right? But if we're going off of the expectation that everyone is going to perform their best, it just it just doesn't add up. It
0: so, just can't. what do you think? Where do you think um, the top five rests at? With those dudes you just mentioned, yourself and they're included.
2: Top, top top Um, I mean, I think I think you, you will be in the top five. I think it'll be. You know, I think the top five is how it's written on primetime's Time's roster. I think it's you know, Russ, me, Marcus, Yangsu, and Jamar. I think that's the top five.
0: And then, depending on who who hits and misses between you and Russ, because
2: you're predicting, I mean, yeah, you're predicting I'm your not, goal, I'm, man. Not the, I'm not even saying that's the order. I'm just saying that that's the top five. Yeah, I and mean, I can't predict an order. But um, yeah, I think I think that the the gap after Jamar is just too big. I think that you know. Everybody in the prime time eighty three is really strong, but I think in terms of you know as you make your way up from the last the last number all the way up to or the last place all the way up to the top, I think that especially in the USAPL, like the winners are the people who are the most complete lifters. Like you can't get away with being a specialist on any of any of the three anymore. Like yeah, you just have to be good with all three. Is
0: um what do we because I. Joe Stanek at one point, he told me, and I don't know how realistic this is, he thinks Ren might be able to total 800.
2: I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I watch his training. I watch his training footage, like maybe, you know, he's a coach, he would know better than I would, but I mean, I haven't seen anything from him that would be indicative of, you know, a 600-pound squat, 400-pound bench. You know his deadlift looks pretty much the same as it did last year at the time. I mean, he's going. Vernon, are going to pull the most out of the two people in our weight class. Um, but as as far as the other two lists go, I just don't. I just don't know. I don't really know. I'm yeah. not going to. I'm not going to trash anyone and say no. You're not going to no. hit that or yes, this you're going to hit it. that. But this is. I'm just, awesome. I'm just. going off of empirical empirical evidence here. I don't. I don't know how that could happen.
0: Yeah, objective. This is objective, man. This is sports talk. We gotta uh, critique people's game. I don't think anybody takes it personal. We do it every damn episode. We, we we you gotta do. You gotta do. Yeah, this, us, yeah.
2: this is the most objective sport you could possibly review. It's numbers. Right? Yeah, exactly. Numbers are indicative of that. But yeah. I, you know, I love I love Yang Su. I, you know, I want him to perform the best that he possibly can. He's a great guy. So yeah,
0: I mean, I I can see um, when, when looking at it. If I look at it objectively and like, yeah, Yang Su's. Everyone loves fucking – that was a good good podcast if he's on here. But if I'm looking at it, I would say um, – because I pick. Like, I'll pick. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. it's definitely going to be between you and Russell. Uh, are the two going to battle out at the forefront? I think Yang Su, he does have um, – so Joe just said he just hit a 700 double for dead, which seems yeah, fucking pretty crazy considering 700 yeah. – like, that's a fucking heavy double i got to see it myself. I haven't watched it yet. Obviously, I'm going to repost it. I just hold.
2: What's that? It was not easy. No. I mean, that's 700, but it was not easy. So
0: that's what I'm saying is like, when I hear shit like that, I get mixed. Because I'm thinking, that's amazing. But are you going to leave your best in the goddamn gym now? Like, 700 dead double might be too fucking. Like, why would you hit that in the gym? It makes me nervous. Like, um. Are we at, are we legitimately at the point where people are using 700 pounds as doubles and for reps, or was that just getting a little overzealous, and holy smokes, man, don't leave some on the
2: I mean, look, the, the thing is, like, I think at this point, especially in the lighter weight classes, like, I think you recover a little bit better than people in the heavier weight classes. I think given how much volume people do, you recover a little better from the bouts of overshooting you have, like... Maybe it'll, you know, cause a little performance dip this coming week. Yep. But, you know, all of us get out of pocket sometimes. Yeah. And shoot. And short term it might hurt us. But as long as it's not happening the week of a meet, you know, or the week before, I think, I mean, I think he'll be fine. As long as he's not, like,
0: hey, 700 last week for a double, 720 this week, right? And then he yeah, thinks right. it's going to continue. <laughs> it's like, all right, no, that was it. That was the cap of your doubles. And then we come back down. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you th- is it a lock? Do you think Ren's going to take the biggest deadlift?
2: No, I don't think that's a lock. I think Vernon. You know Vernon William? Uh, is that uh, Candido's boy? Yeah, I think that uh, he's going to surprise some people. I think Vernon has a shot of taking the biggest deadlift.
0: And that, um, have you seen Vernon? Yeah. Because um, Candido's been posting, his deadlift is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. He's a jacked up dude. Muscle Man, Marcus, for Fernan, these dudes are jacked,
2: man. Yeah. Like, yeah, all man. spark plugs. And Jamar. Have you seen Jamar? Jamar's really, uh, he's really big, too. Is he?
0: No, I, I'm, I don't know if I've seen him. We've posted
2: him. His uh, Instagram name is Pancake God.
0: You've oh, posted. yeah, of course right. I have, yeah. Oh. I just never called him Jamar in my life. Pancake God, I post him all the fucking time. I talk to him on DMs and shit. Yeah, I know, he's jacked as shit. Um, Very, he's a yeah. big squat. Um, yeah, he's rated isn't yeah. Disney and he's only been training as well. Like he's done previous sports, but he, like he's an
2: all-around athlete Seems relatively new. Yeah, he seems relatively new to I know he played football before he seems relatively new uh, to powerlifting Yeah, which is scary as shit. You guys come out of
0: nowhere. Yeah, you guys yeah. are young as fuck and hitting some crazy numbers now It wasn't that long ago 600 pound squat, like 2016 with the John Hack, Brett Gibbs situation. There's like two guys in the world hitting 600 pound squats. Now it's like if you don't hit 600 pound squat, you don't get to play in the top fucking five for the US Open or US US uh, oh, Nationals. Oh. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. So what, are, what other weight
1: classes are you looking to watch? I mean, besides your own and who else are you looking to see?
2: Honestly? So, you know, obviously I'm competing in the 83, so that's what I'm most excited about. But leading it this meet, I was way more, no, no, way more excited about the 83s because I just thought more people were doing it, but I think the, the 74s and the 93s, and the 93s, I think, are the class to watch because that weight class is stacked. So, you have Ashton Bruska, who won last year, dethroned LS, um, coming back again. Seemingly, like, he just doesn't stop getting stronger. You know, he he'll take a hiatus for for his, his army and stuff and then comes back and it's just getting bigger numbers every week. So this week class you have Ashton, Ellis McLean, uh, David Wilson, David Rick, um, John Macego, and then have Chance Mitchell and Charlie Dixon both knocking in round
0: Yeah, which is uh, I mean that's. Everyone knows the numbers they got to beat cuz they go first and that's tough but yeah. both of those cats are at their, their elite level. You know they they it, you could yeah. you could see guys in the primetime maybe not having as big a totals like who knows what they bring especially Charlie Dixon. We don't know what he what, what is what he's going to bring in 93.
2: Both of them, huh? Yeah, I think um you know Charlie has you know, for lack of, a better, but back, lack of a better term, has just not belonged in the 83s all these years. You know, he's, he's a taller, leaner, more muscular, you know, version of an 83 than any of us who were in that class. And he just depleted himself to stay down there and still, you know, thrive. But, you know, similar situation with my guy, Matt Aramone. Like, when you go from a, a point of being depleted and still making progress, really lean – and then just adding a surplus, it just leads to ridiculous, like, you know, steroid-level progress. Whoa, 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 what'd you use
0: that it's word for? True. Wow,
2: hey, hey. Charlie. I mean, every, yeah, every, everyone you see who's, who's incredibly lean, staying down in the weight class, and then just puts themselves in a surplus, their numbers just blow up. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what we've seen happen at Charlie, and... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to
1: see him hit a 700 pound squat. Oh um, shit, that'd be amazing. Well, he's because yeah. he he's gonna do over there. I think the prediction was over 700 dead. They said he's already done that, so it's gonna be
0: his total is gonna be fucking outrageous. Well, Charlie, we had him on here. The guy is a fuck a, a workhorse, um, like all through like call it like a wrestler doing like all the type of training since he was like a fucking kid all he knows is grinding a workhorse and doesn't party yep. doesn't do shit but train and um like one of these dudes was physically gifted as shit and was killing himself to make 83 like you would say so the moment he decided i'm no longer 83 it's like bam the next days like blew out 93 he's like already 93 he's posting his body weight he's Man, fucking 93 already and, and jacked like jacked yeah. up, he is not soft. Ninety three, you want me to turn ninety three? I'm gonna look like fucking your dad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. It's not good. I got a dad bod and shit ain't good. But um, yeah, and Chance is obviously really good as well. Um, it might yeah. be. It's it's kind of shitty. They're not prime time.
2: Yeah, it it definitely sucks, especially for the reason they mentioned mentioned. You know. It's an independent sport, right? You're not competing directly against another person. And once they put up those numbers in the morning session, it's like, all right, if I'm not someone who's in contention to win and I just want, you know, a podium spot, let's say, like I'm just going to make sure that I, you know, stay within myself and, you know, give myself whatever room I need to break whatever they hit. Because I think both of them, both of them I think are going to be in the top five. Like even though the primetime roster is what it is, I think chance and and Charlie will be top five three
1: when you when you said you you want the 74 93s who who you got against Taylor that you're is is, is that your or,
0: or is it everyone
2: else beneath so, Taylor that so don't, go? I don't so I don't have I think Taylor wins yeah. but the class is just stacked very deep from from the juniors <laughs> yeah. up to the open yeah I think they have a lot of depth and a lot of young talent you know coming up in the 74s and I think that roster is just you know like I said it's it, Every year it's been Taylor, sizable gap, everyone else. But I think that the everyone else loop is just very, very close and very competitive. And I mean, who knows one day, like a couple of them might, you know, emerge from that that group and be up there with Taylor. What do you think, you like, here's the thing with Taylor, fuck me, He
0: keeps getting better though. He (laughs) also hit a 785 total. It was a little bit over the, the limit of 74 kilo, but he fucking hit 785. Like this dude also yeah. could make an 800 kilo total. Like that's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Right? It's ridiculous, so yeah. I, I think the 74s, you're 100% right. And that's what, one thing Joe Stanek was saying was, I think 74s are uber competitive. That's one of the ones that he's excited about as well. The only thing is, there's something about if the title's already on somebody's, like the, the gold medal's are already on someone's neck, it's I love a bottle when it's all the way up to the title. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely, That's I definitely defining. agree. So what do you think, though, if we're going to crown um, we're gonna crown Taylor, and we're thinking the battle's going to be between, likely between you and Sean, and then unless we got a, a Hail Mary pass from Wren, uh, it's between you and Sean, him and Russ. Or, 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 or sorry, Sean and Russ, yeah, you and Russ. Um, and we got a, a Hail Mary pass from Wren. What are you thinking for the 93s, though? You're think
2: going to win. Oh, man. Honestly, so, you know, I think Ashton is going to be strong enough to win, but uh, I could very, very likely see this class just turning into uh, just a shit show on the day of where people are so closely packed together that you're going to have guys missing attempts that you didn't expect, and there are just going to be a ton of Hail Mary passes. I think the thing is
1: about this is I think with Charlie's total going into this, it's going to fuck up that top five because I think they're what they are expected to do. And and I think they're going to be chasing a total on
0: him. I really do. Well, that's one thing that's kind of intangible where one of the top contenders goes earlier in the day. And um, it's almost like, yeah, it fucks up. Like whatever game plan you might have had, it might fuck it up where you're like, you're paying attention to his already totally like god damn it I can't pretend that didn't happen like, that I mean, really like if he has a, if he
1: has a day like a super day or super medium he's know, eating into it there's people yeah I mean if, if, there's if people Charlie can shit pull, the I think
2: you know, the shop will win yeah that's, that's crazy, that's that's crazy man. that is crazy off the, off
1: the prime time and that's what I'm saying people are gonna I think if he has a, has a good day it's gonna Fuck
2: up that top five. Well,
0: how would that not fuck you up? Because you're going to obviously be pacing yourself for it.
2: You're going to be like, well, here's the number two That's, what, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be just chaos in that class. I think there's a good chance that that happens. That Charlie has, like, a super day, total, you know, you know, mid-eighths or whatever it might be, and you're just going to have this scramble among the 5 time roster to just, you know, fall out and go for some crazy numbers, and you might see a lot of misses.
0: What are you thinking one of the biggest battles coming up Obviously, you might be a little biased. Your girl, Daniela Mello and um, Amanda <laughs> Ann. God damn, dude, this is a battle, and she's right beside you, I can see her. I see her oh, peeping on the screen, she can hear it. But, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, dude, this is, this is an exciting battle, and this is good for the sport, it's good for Daniela, it's good for, you need rivalries for, for people to give a shit. If, there, if we didn't have Brett Hack, if we didn't have Brett Orgy, like, it's good to have rivalries, and finally, finally she's got, because she's so dominant. If you just dominate and it's never like, it's not entertaining. But, well, I mean, it is to see someone break world records, but you need someone to push. Here we have it. So what are you thinking? You have the inside track. This is your athlete slash love of your life slash yeah. sitting right beside you. So give us a little
2: insight on what do you think's going on.
0: Dude, if you don't say her, he's gonna, we're going to see a right cross across. Uh, so uh, screen, uh, <laughs> I think
2: don't yeah, right hook right, right to the jaw. Um, no, I mean, this is, this, is, this is her, you know, this is her first real sign of competition now, 100%. I mean, both of them have, have only gotten stronger since last year's Nationals. Um, Amanda has put a lot on her squad. She knows the game plan. She's very composed. And I think that, you know, it's important to have a lot of momentum going into a meet. Certainly the both of them do, but I think that, you know With like Amanda specifically, you know, you can see it on her her social media She's very she's very riled up for this battle as as anyone should be Um, But I think that you know a good thing that you know, Danielle and I have is like we we have the game plan And she's able to step back and recognize like okay. This is a nine attempt meet Like I'm not going to come out of the gates like you know a raging bull like I know what I need to do on every attempt in order to set myself up for success. And I'm not going to let, you know, attempts one, two, one through three negatively affect my my mindset. Or I'm not going to try to get out of my comfort zone early on, you know, for the sake of maintaining an early lead. Because an early lead doesn't matter. It matters, yeah. you know, finishes with the highest total.
0: Yeah. When, when you're doing your attempt selection and you're picking your squats, do you purposely not go too close to the, like empty the tank so you're like look if I think Daniela's good for 520 I probably ask her to do 510 she doesn't grind it it's smooth it's strong and then we we just keep picking up steam so by the time we get deads you can go all the fuck out because there's no event after deads how do you usually do your game planning
2: um you know I tend to err on the same the thing uh, just in general I know Daniela likes going all out with attempts and like that's that's totally fine. I think the way it's usually worked out is, you know, she benefits a lot from the, the adrenaline of that third attempt. I know we've had multiple meets where a second attempt has moved well, but not enough for me to justify like the, the, the you know balled out third attempt that that she won. We go with the safer option, and then she blows it up, and she's like, "What the fuck? Why didn't you load more weight?" Yeah. And I'm like, "The second oh, look like yeah, yeah, yeah. If your
0: second look like
2: that, yeah, I, I can see that." Yeah. So, so I mean, like I said, her her deadlift is picking up some some crazy crazy momentum right now, and I think that it always makes more sense to, especially if you have the advantage on that lift, and you know, and on the bench, that it makes it makes the most sense to play it a little safer with squats. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, neither of them can afford to miss a lift. Like, whoever misses a lift is the one that loses. That's, it's the same thing with me and Russ. It's too close that if someone misses, they lose. So neither of them can afford to miss a squat. That's just how it's going to go.
0: And here's, and here's where, like, whenever I'm doing the IPF commentating, it always makes it so juicy when we say stuff like that, and it's absolutely true, and somebody fucking misses and then it's like, oh shit, what does that mean? Is it over? But then bench comes, dead comes, somebody, the other guy misses. It's like, oh shit, we're back to even. Like, so, like how important is, and this is where a bit of um, experience comes into play. Even though you know, I okay, I can't miss for whatever the fuck reason you miss one. It could be technical for God's sake. You can't fall apart because the other guy can be the next one who misses. You gotta stay in yeah, the pocket. Even having not, said that.
2: It's not the gym, right? Like, you can't, you can't, uh, you don't have as much time to think about what weight you want to load onto the bar. There's no second chances. So, even if you do miss a list, like, you you have to stay in it because, you know, with the same probability, someone else could miss a list, yeah. you know, going forward after that. So.
0: Or, or straight up bomb on deads or whatever the shit. Things fall off. Things get funky. Now, you have a couple other people you're, you're um, coaching, leading into these nationals. Yes. Who else should we be watching about? Uh, watching for on team noriega
2: um we definitely want to watch for for matt aramoni um recently you know he won the 59 open in the u.s unfortunately had a you know disappointing bomb out on deck at uh ipf world in the 59 um but very very similar to charlie had that you know extended period of being depleted to stay down in a weight class and then, you know, gained another 15 pounds and just blew up. Oops. I mean, Matt is – he his meat PRs, I think, are, you know, less than his openers, honestly. Whoa. His, his meat PRs are going to be less than his openers. I mean, his, his meat squat PR is 418. His meat bench PR, I think, is two, like 270 or 280. And then I think his meat deadlift is maybe five. 540, 550, and you know, in the gym, he's hit 463 for a double on squats, He benched 330, and he's deadlifted 606.
0: Yeah, that's so, a 66 six kilo. His numbers yeah. are absolutely phenomenal. It is like the, the best choice he's ever made to go up to 66 six kilo.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, it's, and there's, no, there's no question about them anymore. You know, I used to get on his case about you know, questionable recording angles for his squat, or not holding his deadlift long enough that he used to have grip issues when he pulled the mix, but now he's just leaving no doubt, and um, I think what happened at World lit a fire under his ass, and, you know, more importantly, was a bit of a reality check for how he used to take training, um, and I think he's taking it a lot more seriously. He's making sure that every lift to the standard is going to be on the platform, and I think that you know, despite being a junior, you're going to see him on the podium in the open.
0: So who are you thinking for the though? Like like Keith McConney? Did he move up?
2: Yeah, he's, so he's not actually doing nationals this year. Okay, and it's, uh, that, that I sucks. know financially, he, he said he he had mentioned financially that you know he kind of has to pick wisely with the the meets he competes in. Um, but he his last meet despite being, you know, only 150, um, competing in the 74s instead of the 66s. And, and he, he like blew up a huge total, I can't remember the top of my head. Oh yeah, he it was like six, 600 squat, 363 bench, and 650
0: deadlift it at was, 150.
2: Yeah, it was insane. Like he's, it's yeah. just
0: fucking nuts. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like seeing him, I would love to be able to see him at the IPF World Championships. I'm hearing that's probably not gonna happen anytime soon. Which yeah. then calls in the question, you know, why would he go to the U.S. Raw Nationals? Like, like you could win them, you can never make a team. So I don't know what his future, what he's going to do. if He's going to, you know, do you do
2: you happen to know? Well, he's he's allowed to compete. Um, he had he had only that that suspension was a te- temporary thing that happened a couple of years ago. He's allowed to compete. This past year, he just chose not to. Um, God damn it! So I don't know. I don't know what he, I want to see him the world. Yeah, he's
0: allowed to and he's not. He, I want to
2: see him there. Shit, man. But I, I, I saw on his Instagram the other day, cause, you know, everybody posts their Instagram story. He had mentioned that he doesn't have plans of competing as a 66 anymore, despite only being a few pounds above the class.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> you know what
2: I mean? Fuck it. He might just...
0: Yeah, maybe he's tired of cutting or whatever the shit. Maybe it's really tough to make the cut and he's so, like, fuck it, I want to live a little. I don't he
2: know. It's kind of his own thing. Like, I think someone asked him what his training was like and he's like, I do the same workouts every week until they get too easy and then I add weight. It's like, all right. Like, <laughs> shit, so he crunches the numbers, right? He takes it scientifically. Um,
0: so who do you think of a 66 six, then? Do you think Charles... I, I, Charles was dealing with something, was he I not? I think...
2: Uh, I think Charles, Charles had a lot of weight that he cuts usually. Let me look at this, this primetime real quick. But he, he usually has a lot of weight that he cuts. Um, I think he might have had some minor injury. But, again, I think that, uh, I think that it, you know, despite whatever weight he's had to cut in the past, I've never really seen him not have a good knee. I think he's kind of got that nailed down. Um, yeah, I mean, in the 66s, I think that... <clears throat> that Charles is going to win. I don't think that's uh, of too much concern there. He's, for anyone listening, Charles
0: Acapulco is the defending IPF World Champion. Uh, To win the IPF Worlds, he had to beat Sergei Glackick, we call him Mr. Perfect. The guy won two World Championships in a row, never missed a fucking lift. 18 attempts, 18 for 18, and um, gold in all of them and fucking whatever. He was literally Mr. Perfect. Charles walks in there, young upstart, and, um, and just oh, in the squats for the first time in three years at the Worlds, we saw Galactic miss an attempt, and we're like, holy yeah. shit, this could be the day. And then, yeah, Charles took yeah. T- took the world world record for squats, and the title back, and the whole night. Yeah. yeah, I think Charles is probably the heavy favorite, but I know on his Instagram, it seemed like he was dealing with some shit. Um, like he might have some kind of an injury. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm reading it too much.
2: It's, it's definitely possible. And a lot of these, you know, a lot of these other guys looking at the primetime roster um, don't post as much on, on social media. Um, I know Joe, Joey actually coaches one of the guys in the 66s, Rodrigo Manzo, who's, who's, whose numbers are looking really strong right now um, in the open. So so we might have – I mean, a, like I said, if Charles if – Charles what's up? Are we going to have a Team Nori versus Team Flex? It's possible. I mean, wow. with the way with the way math numbers are going, I certainly think that he could be he could be on the podium. Um, I just think it, You know, moving up, he's become. You know, he has always been a very strong deadlifter comparatively to the other two, but I mean, being sixty six and benching, you know, 330, 340 in that range, that's no joke. And yeah. his squad is. You know, it's in the upper fours right now and as far as a cut there's no more cuts anymore Like he, could, he was able to still hit some big numbers make sizable cuts. I mean for him not have to not really have to lose any weight for a meet I think that he's going to come in looking really good now he, still, was he a junior
0: and did he win the world to juniors?
2: Matt? yeah no 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 Matt is that the, this year was Matt's first year going to the world okay because I remember Joey had a junior who beat one of the Canadians yeah. Yep, yeah, Andre's he? come up. Okay, gotcha. Okay.
0: I'm messing up my guy. He had be- wonderful hair.
2: Beautiful hair. He is nominated number two in the uh, Open 59s right now. Is he?
0: Okay. Yeah, I remember that showdown in uh, at the IPF Worlds in the junior. So he's in the Open at number two. No shit. Is he an open lifter now or is he still a junior?
2: He is still a junior, um, but he's number two in the Open. Um, yeah, I mean, last year. Um, Andres has been has cross registered the Oaks as well. Um, but as far as the fifty nines go in the US, I mean I think in general there isn't too much much depth in the in the class just because, you know, past the juniors there aren't too many guys hanging out around one thirty. But fair. you probably Yeah, I mean I mean looking at the top two right now, both number one and number two in the fifty nines are both twenty years old, so it's a young man's
0: – well, I mean, it's part of a young man's because, like you said, it's hard to lift weights and stay that small. And it's hard to, like, grow up yeah. when you're 30 years old and lifting weights for 10 years and still be 130 pounds. Day yeah. 30 I mean, you're just not even around the world second deep. You know, we were talking about
1: – prior to Sean coming on, we were talking about different excuses and different things leading into it and stuff like that. Sean, you've been an elite lifter for a long time. Did you graduate MIT this year?
2: Yeah, I graduated in June.
1: Oh, no shit. So during this whole time you've been going to school, what did you take in school?
2: Um, so I majored in mechanical engineering and then also um, did like pre-med. So I had to take like all the bio and chemistry stuff that kids go into med school with. Wowsers, dude.
0: So how are you pulling this all down? And you're a coach. So <laughs> you're a full-time coach, elite-level athlete,
2: and just graduated MIT. Yeah, I mean, like, graduating definitely took a lot of the, you know, the time, the the time consumption out of it. Like, I definitely have been able to coach more people uh, since I graduated. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just prioritized, you know, the two things that were important: school and, and powerless things. Like, I was, I was in a fraternity in my time at MIT, but I didn't I didn't party. I didn't drink. Um, I just kind of did my own thing. So, do you not drink? No, I don't. Oh shit, no kidding. Neither does Joey Flex.
0: Yeah. You know it's crazy how many people come on here and don't drink. Hey? Uh, almost everybody we interview doesn't drink. Except for Eric <laughs> Eric fucking Willis, who had a beer while we were talking to him. He was <laughs> drinking. He makes his own beer, was drink he's Canada's first ever IPF Open World Champion. Fucking guy's having a beer while we're talking to him, we're like, do you drink? He's like, fucking drink it right now. Drink <laughs> it right now. Drink <laughs> my own beer. Like, he loves partying, but yeah, a lot of guys don't drink. I think it negatively impacts uh, like obviously there's empty calories. If you're in one of the lower weight classes easy to pack on weight when you're drinking but doesn't it also negatively negatively impact your nervous system? Pretty sure they have articles where it dulls it. Oh, it fucking does a ton of shit stuff to you.
1: Dude.
2: Like, yeah. It's not good. It's like poisoning your body. No, by, nature, by nature, alcohol does a lot to your nervous system. Like it's, a, it's a nervous system depressant um, but it also impacts you know, uh, your body's ability to like undergo muscle protein synthesis, and like, look, there, you know, there are a ton of people who, who compete in and at a high level who drink. Like, it's, it's totally, you know, it's totally fine. There are plenty of people who can and do it responsibly, and and you know, they're able to compete at the highest level possible. Like, you know, more power to them. I have no issues with that. Um, but just for me personally, like, I just kind of always had the the outlook that, like, if I'm going to do something that, you know, I care about and I'm, like, scrounging up, you know, you know, scrounging up and fighting for, like, kilos on the bar that are ultimately, like, fractions of a percent, right? Like, why am I going to do something that's going to set me back the same fractions of a percent? Yeah. Like, I'm not where I want to be yet, so I'm not in a position to be comfortable like that. And that's just, like, how it is for me. If you win
0: the USAAPL broad nationals, are going to have a drink?
2: <laughs> a bunch of people are, are trying to get me to uh, to go out and, and party after after nationals if possible I always say that I'm going to do it after a meet like I know Danielle has heard me say it where it's like oh you know if I do well with this meet I'm happy with it like I'll, I'll go out and have a drink and then the meet's over and I'm like that sucks no <laughs> <laughs> you like, not
0: nah happy yet still got some work to do 2019 comes quick yep.
2: have you ever been drunk? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I drank, I drank in high school. I mean, no, I've never drank alcohol under the age of 21. So anyway. Ah, there you go. This is recorded, sir. Easy now. Don't incriminate yourself. Gotcha. Does, yeah. I, does Daniella drink? No, yeah. Once I got... Yeah, she does. I mean, like, every once in a while, right? <laughs> she's not 21. She says she's never drank. Never ah. ah, Very good. Good answer, sir. Just when yeah, but the world, I mean, kind of once I got to college, once I got to college, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't drink at all, which, you know, despite being in a college setting, no less a fraternity, um, you know, people, people were very cool about it. Being at MIT, I think people are more, you know, I, I'm going to say intellectual, but in the sense that like they're just like open to the idea that you know people would not want to drink, and you know, nobody gave me a hard time about it. So,
0: what's a frat? What's, what's it like being, were you a frat boy? Yeah, I was in a fraternity at MIT. So what's it like? Cause we, do we have frat houses in Canada? Yeah, okay. I never, I don't know, like I see movies and, and
2: it's gotta be exaggerated, but is it like
0: that sometimes?
2: Yeah, I mean sometimes. I mean, you know, despite, despite what you may think of MIT, like a lot of people party, there are a lot of fraternities on, on, on our campus. I think it's like 60% of people well, sixty percent of guys are in fraternities at MIT. Um, you know, and people people party like they work hard during the week and then they you know, go out and get hammered on the weekend. So <laughs> work hard and play they, hard. Definitely similar like that. I mean, there's no there's no overly reckless things that you would see in, in movies. Nobody's getting whipped with paddle. but uh, that, that you could speak of on the record. Yeah, there's no nothing. Uh, you know, it's all a legend, of course. <laughs> it's all no, a legend. Man. You have to have a lawyer.
0: I just see your lawyer actually stepped on the couch with you as well and <laughs> passed you a note
1: saying I, "easy." I, I seen towards the end there. You had a lot of posts about MIT and not so it's a lot of it not so good. Like there was some stuff I could have swore I read on there. Some yeah. There yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Of, you know.
2: There's a lot of things I've had to say about MIT. There's a lot of great things, a lot of not great things. Um, but I think just like the, without getting into too many details, I think that it's just it's a bit of a, a pressure cooker. You know, the environment itself is not very competitive. People are very cooperative with each other. Nobody is trying to screw over another person. And I think that's because of just how, how difficult it was and how difficult the course load was. Because I think most people, you know, with the exception of the top Top one percent. Everybody was kind of everyone struggled, so I did a good job of helping. But I think you're kind of always. I guess the the metaphor that that people used to describe to have gone to MIT is like you're drinking out of a fire hose, and I think it's it's always like that. And I think that MIT doesn't do a good job of taking care of the students kind of when they have trouble sometimes because we've had. You know, kind of a gloomy fact is MIT, I think, has the highest has the highest suicide rate of any college in uh, in America. Wow! No so, shit. So that I was, was kind of some. I was I was gonna say. I
0: mean, uh, yeah.